So two weeks later, the departure from America, and of course he had his own private jet. Now, I don't know if it was his arrogance or, or the PA arrogance, ring me, and he said, Mr. Tom Cruise, we'd like you to do a lunch and dinner takeaway on his private jets to go to America. And I said, I'm terribly sorry, I'm not a takeaway shop. So that's become in the bloody newspaper. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> creator of the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith and I'm joined as always by my co-host Alex Adams who is also known as Miss Darlinghurst. Hello Jai, how are you? I'm very good, I'm excited. Yeah. This is our first midday podcast. I yes. Think. I think so. So we're actually sitting in my office right now which is different. So uh, if anyone bursts in and asks me why is the Wi-Fi slow, then <laughs> that's what I'm asked about now. People just ask me really random questions, they'll ask me. Why is the Wi-Fi slow? Why is it too hot in here? Why is it too cold in here? Like, uh -huh. It's become my career. And you mm -hmm. thought progressing into management would yeah. be so much more. I thought it was going to be the big time. It's <laughs> definitely not at all. Well, I'm really excited today because, as you know, I spend my life um, writing, looking, talking about food. <laughs> so when we first started Maker and Creator, uh, I said, sure, Jai, I'm just so excited about <laughs> talking about something that's not food related every week. It's going to be really refreshing. Uh, but then I, I got really excited recently <laughs> and I go to all, lots of fabulous events for E-Drink Play and Secret Foodies and I meet plenty of really interesting people in the food uh, and drink space. But I recently got invited to a very special dinner at Bon Ricordo, uh, which is a restaurant in Paddington here in Sydney. And it's a dining institution. It's been around for a very long time. And I had the honor of meeting Armando Percuoco. Is that it? Percuoco? Percuoco, oh, you're so <laughs> kind. I'm going to ask you in a minute That'll to do. tell everyone what that means. But Percuoco, I have been practicing that. Um, and I messaged you while I was sitting there at yeah. the dinner and I said... <laughs> I didn't know if you were drunk, by the way. I, was I, just... I probably was a little bit drunk. There was a lot of generous wine going around. And I said, we have to get Armando on the show. I know we don't normally talk about food, but I, we need to record this. We need to get him on. And here he is. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, please tell us what your last name, how you pronounce it and what it you means. You pronounce it exactly <laughs> correct. It's Perquoco. Perquoco? Yes. And it means? Okay. P-E-R. Literally, you translate between, from English to Italian. P-E-R for Cuoco is a chef. Really? It's for the chef. <laughs> I love it. And you are... One of the great chefs um, of Sydney who... Well, I don't know about the chef. I mean, we all, uh, we're all thinking about we are cooks. Ah, okay. Uh, Would know, you describe yourself as a cook Well, a I, I really think those... Uh, uh, let me tell you, I started in the restaurant business a long, long time ago. God, I don't even know. I'm ashamed to tell you it's 55 years ago. Really? <gasps> yes. And uh, when I started... 
I have actually the pleasure to start in a classic Italian restaurant in Italy. Mm. So all the chefs have a very big head. (laughs) (laughs) And I promise myself, if I will never work for myself, I will never have a head. Those stupid stupid tall things (laughs) were totally horrible. So I, I don't. I said, I'm not considering myself a chef. I'm a cook. So I you don't have to wear the hat. I cook for people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so you, you're from Italy. You immigrated, I think I've got this right, from 1972? That's correct. You immigrated, That's you correct. were like, what, 14? No, 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 no. That's why I'm 20, 55 years in the restaurant business. Oh, yeah, okay. I was 27. Twenty-seven. Yes. Wow, I'm doing some quick calculations too. I'm glad you're good at math. Yeah. I was 27 when I arrived. I arrived in Australia in 1972. Okay. Married with two children. Wow. Yeah, and it's a long story. I don't think she really want to know the story. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I think I, we I do. Think we want to know. I think what well, very briefly, let me tell you. Well, in uh, in 1971, well, the beginning of 71. We was my father. We were sitting at the table at, at lunch in the restaurant, and my father, I announcing to everybody, I'm going to Australia. Oh wow! Hey, we do have a fire alarm. Just wait for someone second. I think it should be okay. Yeah, right. Okay, so maybe start with my father, Tom. Yeah. My father told me. I'm going to Australia. And I look at everybody around the table and I said, and they asked me, do you know anything about it? I said, no, I didn't know nothing. It was Australia. <laughs> I said, he's not right in the head. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? He said, yes, I'm leaving this country. I'm going to Australia. I said, well, okay, you go to Australia. I'm not coming. I said, I'm sorry. If you would like to maybe a go a civilized country like America, <laughs> yes, but I'm not going to Australia. And I was totally stupid. What did you think of Australia? What oh, was your perception? Uh, well, the deception about 47 years ago, 50 years ago, <laughs> Australia was backwards completely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, America was, uh, for us Italians, where we've been liberated by the Americans, yeah. Yeah. It was America was big yeah. and progressive and everything. Anyway, I said goodbye. So, and there was sitting a chef, and a medrotin was sitting at the table with us. And they said, Mario, do you know what? We're coming with you. I said, Yeah, goodbye, guys. I'm not going. So I left. My, they all left down on the port of Naples. I went and said goodbye <laughs> on the ship. I said goodbye. <laughs> And so, but one year later, I mean, during that year, uh, my f- mom and dad were here, s- five siblings as well. So I was, okay, I was married. I have two children, but you know, you're really missing the family. And I work with my father since I was 14. Because he was wow. a chef as well. No, he was no. not. He was, he's never been a chef in his life. He's always been front of the house. Ah, okay. He's always been front of the house. And oh. uh, and so I, I really miss I said, what do you think about Australia? He said, it's the opportunity in this country. Can you believe it? They serve coffee and a pasta in the same time. 
There was no, 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 in Italy. No way you will have that. And uh, he said, and it's not good Italian restaurant here in Sydney. Oh, I said, he said, I need you. Because I was in the kitchen. Yeah. He said, I need you. I said, well, I don't know. Anyway, I decide and I write. Short to telling you, about 13 years ago, my father was 80. So my brothers have another restaurant up in the Gold Coast called Fellini uh-huh. in the Marina Mirage. And of course, my, my brother closed the restaurant for that day when he was 80. And we have a big party there with the family and, and lots of friends. And of course, because I was the, I'm the first one in the family, I have to give a speech. Hmm. And I said, to him, well, my speech starts with an apology for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I have to apologize. I was the idiot. <laughs> you were right. This is a beautiful country. Thank God we didn't went to America. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank God. Indeed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's the story. <laughs> that's oh, I great. Know. I love that story. <laughs> and, uh, and trust me, I'm as, we're all extremely happy to be in this country. Yeah, that's and, great. And now, let me tell you, I think, unfortunately, mom and dad, they're not with us anymore. Yeah. So they're buried here in this country. Yeah. I have two brother-in-law buried here in this country. I have an uncle buried here in this country. I have all our family, all my siblings, all my children, my grandchildren, my niece and nephew, when the whole tribes get together, we run 50. Really? Wow. With six of us and all married yeah. with the grandchildren. Yeah. So we well established. Unfortunately, the Australian government can't send us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we are well, well and truly in this country. Well, after they've tried your truffle pasta, I don't think anyone will be sending you out of the country. So you've definitely earned your keep. <laughs> I'm really curious as to what the food, like what was the food scene like mm. back in the 70s? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, when I arrived in, uh, in 72, the first things uh, my father said, okay, what do we do? Because he came here to open a restaurant. And, uh, and unfortunately, or fortunately, the chef and the Madratin. The Madratin didn't like to be here with his family. He come back to Italy. Yep. But the chef said to my father, well, you know, we worked together for so many years. I would like to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. So my father was alone. So I arrived here in 72 and I said, he said to me, what do we do? We open a restaurant. I said, hey, come down. He said, we can't <laughs> open a restaurant straight away. I said, I don't speak English. We don't know the customer. We don't know the food in this country. Yes, we are somebody in Naples, but we are nobody here in this country. Mm. Yeah. I said, I think you have to give me a time. I have to learn the language and I have to find my way to have a look what's going on, what they want in this country. Mm. It's This is not Italy. So he said, yes, he's right, you're right. So, finally, seven years later, in, oh. in 1979, I said to my father, I'm ready. So, in 79, we opened our first restaurant in Basewood Road, King's Cross, yeah. called Pulcinella. 
And that was the biggest boom in this country, in Italian, in Italian restaurant. Uh, we, what was that area like in Kingsborough? No, it was bad. It was really oh. bad. But I got to the opportunity to have that restaurant because it was a friend of mine, a pizzeria there, mm. and he wanted to get out. So I got for relatively cheap, and we didn't have no money whatsoever. Yeah. Okay, I mean, imagine seven years later I arrive here, I have two children and a family. Yeah. So money was not, we were not swimming in a lot of money. And so that friend of mine said, okay, if you want to buy this one, yes, I said, I will. Because, let me tell you, that's another thing. In 1973, I went and worked in that restaurant there where Pulcinella is, used to call Arrivederci. And Did you just think of Brad Pitt? From yeah. yeah, Arrivederci. Yeah, I was, right. I was like, why, why right. do I know this? That's right. <laughs> and then from there, we moved on. Because it was so successful, actually, Leo Schofield, he gave the biggest write-up in that restaurant, never give it to anybody. And who was Leo Schofield? Leo Schofield was the most powerful food critic we have in this country. Wow. Okay. Who did he write for? Powerful. Powerful. If he, if he will say yes, he will fill up the restaurant. If he say no, you will go bankrupt. Wow. That powerful was. Anyway, so we have to move down to William Street because it was a small restaurant with our boss, uh, we were working there. I was working with Arrivederci. And then after that, I left and I went to Chianti in Elizabeth Street, Surrey Hills, 444. Mm. And then later on, both become my restaurant. Wow. wow. So in 79, I said to my father, I'm ready. I have the opportunity to take that restaurant. That friend of mine wants to go. Uh, I think that would be a good. Move. And what did you think you could do differently that was, was already being done? Well, no, it was nothing done. You see, we're creating the first mascarpone in this country. Wow. The mascarpone. We, yeah, the mascarpone. The mascarpone, <laughs> we, cre- we actually, the funny things in that book you have in front of you, I, I dedicating a page to Paisanella. Paisanella is a cheesemaker in, uh, in Arborfield. They have the shop. They have the shop. And uh, he actually, I went and talked to him, and I said, well, I said, you from near Naples, I know you, I know you can make mozzarella and ricotta and stracchino. I said, but we have, at the moment in Italy, that cheese, who is North Italian cheese, called mascarpone, I don't think you'll be able to make. And he jumped. Oh, wow. He jumped out of his skin, and I said to my father, what's wrong with him? What did I done wrong? He screamed like mad. He said, you don't believe it. I did four kilos of mascarpone not long ago, and I give it to David Jones to try to sell, <laughs> and they put it in the rubbish. Really? He said, I do what? not want to do any more that cheese. Oh. And I said, please, can you do for us? Can you do for us? So he finally did that cheese for really? us. So we actually have the mascarpone, not in 1979, but we have the mascarpone in 1974, oh. down to Arrivederci restaurant, my father and I. And then we're creating the proper antipasto table, like in Italy, 
we never heard in this country. Mm, wow. And then we, I, I mean, I, I done, we done food there. No way other Italian restaurant will think about Italian food. What was? I, I, the first zucchini flour. I asked. <laughs> oh, this is good. I asked. I asked the, the grocer. He was Calabrese from Italy, and I said, "Do me a favor. We have a zucchini. I never see zucchini flour. That's the zucchini flour. It's a progressive. It's the flour from the zucchini. Can I have the flour?" He said, "No, they would not pick it. They chuck in the rubbish." <laughs> and I said, "Can you do me a favor? Can you ask?" the grower, if he can give me a box of zucchini flour. He said, what do you want to do? I said, don't worry about what I want to do. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just give me the flowers. <laughs> anyway, so finally I got to the zucchini flour. And I'll tell you what, now, after 45 years or whatever, we buy a little planet, maybe for $20, I got a big box for $2 in that time. Really? They <laughs> said, just I'll give it to you. That's yeah. okay. It's rubbish. Yeah. Take it off. We'll I, I pay was you. I was making so much money. You <laughs> could not believe it. <laughs> so we really changed radically the whole uh, food, say, food yeah. in yeah. this country. Uh, the only, I have to say, the only really good Italian restaurant here was Beppe. Right. That's all. Yeah. I mean, the rest was yeah. okay. Half Italian, half of half Australian, uh, half of French, or maybe you see uh, uh, the trouble. The trouble was uh, not really professional chefs and restaurateurs, except the Beppe, of course. Uh, yeah. Coming in this country in that time. Now we have a lot of professional people in the restaurant business yeah. come from Italy. But in that time was nobody. So for us it was very easy to 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 do what we used to do in Naples in Italy. So and I tell you what, in nineteen seventy-nine we opened the door. There was another very powerful journalist. Unfortunately, she's not with us anymore. She was absolutely fantastic. Geraldine Pascal. And she was powerful as Leo Schofield, as a female version. And she gave us, a, seven months later, we open, she gave us the biggest write-up again. She will give it to anybody. Now, the only thing she made a mistake, and I remember very vividly, because we bought the paper on Sunday, on Sunday morning, and I was reading the paper, and my brothers and my father ring me and said, did you read the article? I said, yes, it is absolutely positive. But I said, she said we open on Sunday and we don't oh, open on Sunday. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I said to my wife, I said, quick, it was around two o'clock in the afternoon. I said, quick, let's go. We were living in Randwick in that time. And I said, let's go down to Basewood Road and put a sign and apologize to people. We open it tomorrow, Monday, not Sunday. So we come down to Basewood Road around three o'clock. By the time we do the sign and things was queuing outside. <gasps> really? Of people. And we spending almost an hour to say to people, 
I'm terribly sorry. We are closing. We open tomorrow. I'm terribly sorry. We open, <laughs> open. We don't open. We don't open. Finally, we went on. From that moment on, for more than six months, I was absolutely booked out wow. all the time. So you didn't open a Sunday? <laughs> no, I didn't open on Sunday. But what happened one year after? I was overseas with my wife and uh, and my son. And I come back and my father was in hospital with a heart attack. So I went in, he was all right. He was in the room by himself, uh, but out of danger. And I said to him, I said, you know what? We closing from now on the Saturday night. So my father from the bed, he said to me, don't give me another heart attack. <laughs> you, you are mad. He said, how can we close a Saturday night? I never heard anything like that in my life. Closing Saturday, I said, yes, we go close Saturday night. So that was the biggest publicity I got it wow. in my life because no restaurant in the world close Saturday night. <laughs> so... From that moment on, all, all the uh, 16th time of Pulcinella from 79 to 90, we closed Saturday night. Wow. And we were booked out all the time in that restaurant. Now, let me tell you, Pulcinella, if I was 110 people, it was a very quiet night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was Stressful a quiet night. They, the, the waiter used to come to me and say, What's going on tonight? We're quiet. I said, that's all right. Tomorrow will be another day. That, that was absolutely chock-a-block. But we used to open Saturday lunch. And Saturday lunch, people were fighting to get in. <laughs> wow. And then we, we let them, people stay longer in that time. In that time, remember one thing. Now all change in the restaurant business. People mm. are going um 10 o'clock at night time, restaurants are empty. Yeah. I hear people say, it's a school night. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that time, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning was Armando, one for the road. Oh, oh really? Yeah. And I used to say, come on, get out of here. I'm tired. I want to go home, guys. <laughs> so it was so... Laid back. Also, let's forget about in that time was a French benefit was in. Oh, uh, yeah. French benefit tax. Tax. Oh, so you could yeah, take yeah. your clients yeah. out. And you could take your clients yeah. and, and, and just addition to the company. Yeah. Uh, was not breastalized. So you can, drink, <laughs> you can drink so much as you wanted. <laughs> and people are getting mad. I remember on the Saturday line, people have a, a, a glass of Bollinger on one side and an Anakin on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Double honestly, fisting. it was mad. Really? It was mad. It was the, uh, 70 and 80 in this country was the best time mm. we have in the restaurant business. Wow. So that that's was, uh, was totally... And people in that time was... Well, thank God was not Master Chef. No, oh, yeah. God. Thank God, because after Master Chef, everybody become a Master Chef. Everyone becomes a critic. 
Yeah. Everybody become a critic. In that time, people I would appreciate and say thank you on that, all the food that we used to do it. Mm. You know, people who appreciate so much, and then don't forget about it. people start to traveling in Italy. Mm. You know, so people started traveling more. Yeah. Yeah. Started traveling, so they used to go in Italy and come back and say, "Your food is exactly the same." <laughs> so that was the benefit. Of, yeah. of restaurant business in that time. And not only us, but every restaurant in Sydney flourished in that time, really. Uh, and was not such things, and I'm sorry, I, I know I can be controversial here, but I have to be here. Mm. There was not such things. Open a restaurant, the food critic give you good write-up, packed for one year, two years, and then go bankrupt. Yeah. Was not such things. Mm. Well, why are we seeing that now in yeah. the food space? Well, I think uh, things will become more trendy. You mentioned something that night at the dinner. That's what I mean. I don't want yeah. the trendiness. I yeah. always I try to push the trendy out for the simple reason we're creating a, a regular base customer like in Europe. I'm not yeah. saying like in Italy, but like in Europe. France, Spain, Italy, Greece have that continuity of, of generations going to the same restaurant. Mm. And that's give you the base of a restaurant. That give you the safe of the restaurant because those people, I mean, it's like at the end of a Buon Ricordo, young couple is coming in and during the day, in the night, they used to tell me, you know my grandpa? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I say, mm, who is he? What's his name? They tell me the name and I say, yes, of course, I know your grandpa extremely well. Lovely to meet you and thank you to coming tonight. Mm. I mean, that's wonderful too, the grandchildren coming into the restaurant. You don't have that with the new generation of restaurant. Yeah. You know, that's why as soon as another trendy restaurant open, they all shift away go to other restaurant and this one is empty it doesn't matter if you have good food it's yeah. only a trendiness yeah so you don't have a base so it becomes less around the actual food that you're serving and the service you're providing much more to the image that it's creating well it's the image is not the food anymore yeah it's who you see and see it's a theater yeah it's a how much you're spending in the restaurant how many millions of dollars yeah. you're spending in the restaurant fit out, yeah. the fit out and that's why two years later the accountant say you don't have any money you have to close yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no. it slowly slowly I used to be like a hands. I used to make a little bit of crumb for winter to eat. <laughs> so I succeed, you know, since 1979 to be there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have a lot of food critic didn't like me. Like one gentleman in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to let me tell you, it's quite amazing. I mean, how ignorant you can be here. Uh, as a food critic. I have, uh, in the restaurant downstairs, painting, who they're quite valuable. I'm not telling you the price, but I have John Olson, oh. I have Del Frank, and I have wow. Del Frank, John Olson, and a few other, John Davis. Yeah. Mm. I mean, really name in the heart. And the guy, because he didn't like me, 
not only give me a negative write-up, but he say, oh, and he have brick and break around the walls. No. That's not brick and break, John Olson or Delph Frank or John Davis or, or Ron Robertson Swan, another great sculptor. I mean, sorry. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? You are really educated. Yeah, as someone who's used to, um, you know, the flashing new fit-outs and doesn't know anything about art, yeah. really. So, so you've kind of named like a a few of the challenges that you've kind of met, you know, with kind of changing attitudes of customers, you know, changing probably attitudes of reviewers. What kind of the other challenges that you've been experiencing as things have changed? No, that's that's much, uh, much, I would say. As I say, people, unfortunately, all in a hurry on those days. Mm. Uh, And maybe I can't blame people Mm. because, unfortunately, you have to make mincemeat. Yeah. And you have to go to work, mm. where the work was much more laid back in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Uh, you have long lunch. It doesn't exist anymore, long lunch. Uh, I still didn't. But. Well, <laughs> not the ascendant that time. Trust me. Not with a glass of Bollinger in one hand and no. a half in the other. No. It's probably much no. cheaper, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Just a, a Carlton draft in a tower from somewhere cheap. But the people, people in those days, I mean, uh, see... Despite the wedges has not went really up, mm. so people still have even a big wedges. But if you have a big wedges, because you have big need to spending money on or with the children and the school and the school today, if you want to send the school a private school, it's costing a lot of money. Mm. So unfortunately, they have to work harder. They and they have to go to work. I hear people who go to work at all. Six o'clock in the morning, some solicitor, people like yeah. that. They go to work early because they have to work. So automatically at night time, it's not leisurely anymore to stay in the restaurant one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And that's a change. Mm. And change, unfortunately, for the worst. Because people just come and eat, don't enjoy themselves. As much. As much. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the food, I think this is getting a hell of a lot better. Oh, well, yeah, by the sounds yes. of it. I mean, we know what mascarpone is now. Well, but, no, but, no, but David apart Jones that, might even yeah. But that. apart that, I mean, we do have an enormous amount of extremely good chefs in this country. Which is thanks to a lot of immigrants, you know, who yes, have come into yes, the country yes. and who have um, educated mm, Yes, in the way, the yes, you're right, because so have a look. I mean, if we were talking about bread, mm. yeah. when I arrived in this country, the bread was a, a something square, uh, and long, and you you actually was so soft you can make a sculpture out of it, <laughs> <laughs> like white bread. Yeah, white. just that doughy white bread, you know, yeah. gets, bit, gets a bit the wet. Yeah, uh, sausage sizzle. Yeah, that you leave kind of those bread. alone. Yeah. Maybe maybe you can have a butter and and cucumber and have it for high tea, yeah. but not for anything else. <laughs> Ma, have a look today. What you want? You want French bread? Yeah. You want Italian bread? You want Lebanese bread? You mm. Korean bread, you have all the type of different bread, and that's just talking about something just simple. Yeah. yeah. But everything else, the butchers. Yeah. You can have any butchers you want. What What you want to know? So I remember. I remember asking the butcher to have a a baby lamb, and he said to me, uh, "No, that's twenty five kilo." I said, "That's my grandpa." 
<laughs> so that's another baby lamb. <laughs> Hello. And uh, I remember when uh, I asked you for veal, and the guy said to me, that's veal. I said, that's not veal, that's healing. Oh. That's a 700, 800 kilo. I said, that's not veal, mate. And so, but change a hell of a lot. Yeah. Change a hell of a lot. Now we really, we can have a piglet. Yeah. We can have a baby lamb. We can have veal. I mean, it changed so much. And thank God for a lot of chefs, French, Spanish, Italians, or even and Australians boys too, or lots of those Australian boys, they went overseas, they learn overseas, they come back and they open something absolutely fantastic in this country. Yeah. yeah. So you have to say, yeah, whatever you're eating today, it is good. And yeah. then you now does fusion, mind you be careful, it's not confusion. <laughs> if his fusion is done in the right way confusion, yes not confusion, I yes I agree it's wonderful but otherwise sometimes it can be really a disaster and unfortunately it can happen sometimes but otherwise we don't have listen in 1970-80 I used to say all the time we are the poor cousins of the Italian chefs <laughs> <laughs> Today, I say we equal as the Italian chefs yeah. in Italy, okay? So that's how the food evolved. I mean, we have young chefs like Giovanni Pirro, yeah. Alessandro Pavone, you know, people like that, they're really very good. They're dedicated, they know what they're doing. Yeah. So it's a pleasure to see. And every other every other aspect, I mean, we have some some top Greek restaurant at the moment. They're so beautiful. Chinese food, have a look. I remember when it was sweet and sour. Yes, it's our pork. Yeah. <laughs> Every, young, sweet and sour, everything. Yeah. And yeah. long and short soup. Yep. <laughs> it's, that's not a sixth anymore. Yeah, it's completely it's changed. It completely changed. So we are very lucky in this country. The produce are very good. Now, whatever you're asking to grow up, it will grow. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you ask, you say, I, I, I remember the first radicchio. Oh my God, that's good. That's a good one. In 1980, I think it was 81 or 82, when somebody said to me, Oh, I have a beautiful radicchio last night salad. I said, What? Radicchio here in Australia? I said, You're right. Are you sure it was not red chicory? No, it was radicchio. I said, where did you find the radicchio? He said, listen, it's one guy who's growing radicchio. It's like a, a drug deal or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know mm -hmm. about yeah. this radicchio. I know he a said, guy. He said, I know a guy. He's coming every Saturday <laughs> at the corner of Paramatta Road and Norton Street, Leichhardt. He stand there in the morning and he sell radicchio. I said, thank you. So the next Saturday, I get up early. I went to Northern Street early Saturday morning. He barely put down that big, massive of radicchio. And I said to him, I said, oh, hello. I said, geez, I like your radicchio. Can I buy the whole lot? He said, no, you can't. I have a customer. You can have only one. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what. Yeah, yeah. Now, have a look at radicchio. Okay. Even, yeah. even Aldi. 
Even Ali. Even Ali already. Oh, how things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> Other things change in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the panettone now, you see a Woolies. You see on the big supermarket, mm. yeah. you this panettone where in that time, if you if only maybe one or two imported from Italy, and was only the Italian buy panettone on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Now everybody buy panettone. Oh, I love panettone. You know what I mean? So, Simon Johnson does a nice panettone. Yes, Everyone uh, does a panettone. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to be honest... We giant steps in mm. this country with it compared to when I come in this country. God was not man's land. Mm. I remember I not mentioned the name of the restaurant in 1980. A customer said to me, you don't have a spaghetti vongole. I said, no, I don't have vongole because we don't have vongole in this country. He said, well, I... I'm and vongole are like a type of clam. Right, Like a little yeah. clam, yeah. And he, he said to me, I go to so-and-so restaurant and I have a spaghetti vongole. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so in the night, I said to my father, I said, do me a favor, we have to go to this restaurant and we have to try the spaghetti vongole. Where do you buy those vongole, those clams? It's impossible here. So... We went to that restaurant, and I can't mention the name, not even if you kill me. And we have the spaghetti vongole. Guess what it was? The vongole in the tin from Italy, uh. and he cooked with the tomato. Oh. And I said, We're not doing they're, that. they're not right in there. But finally, years and years later, we got the vongole. Yeah. Mind you, our different type of vongole. Yeah, it would have to have. be in a Italy, little species. Least, yeah. We have the vongole. It's like I remember the first scampi coming in the in the, in the market, mm. and uh, and everybody was so exciting. Uh, you know, in the eighty, late eighty, the scampi. Well, yeah, scampi was huge. It was a big delicacy. And, and for a it was while. a big delicacy. My God. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, we have a scampi now." So, and people are also. People try now a hell of a lot of food, like sea urchin, fresh sea urchin. When we get it on a Friday and the fresh sea urchin, when uh, unfortunately they can dive and pick up fresh sea urchin, we finish on a day. Yeah. The whole sea urchin, because everybody wanted. Where I remember the, my first black ink, squid ink pasta mm. I did mm -hmm. in 1981. I could not sell. People would reject. <laughs> I don't want that black thing. Yes. <laughs> I don't want that. No, I don't. So, and uh, or today, they ask you. They actually, they say, did you have a black ink today? Yeah. Mm. So. Things have changed. How good yeah. is that? There's one question that I'd love to maybe conclude with, and it's sure. just a bit of a general question. Um, what does creativity mean to you? Well, creativity means uh, making customer happy. Mm. Yeah. So you 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 actually don't creating anything. You actually let me tell you, and then maybe some chef will be against me. Huh? You always pick up an essence of some other dishes or something else. Escoffier in 1800, he did the base of the food in the world. And we all pick up, if you are chefs, 
we all pick up the essence of food from Escoffier, okay? And we are not creating anything. We actually pick up element from a recipe, from old recipe, and from other recipe, and we might assemble in our way. Mm. But I don't think many chefs still creating Anything completely original. No. Which is exactly, we spoke last week on our podcast with Eddie Foster <laughs> and he said the same about film when we asked about creativity and he said nothing is original anymore but it's all influences from everything that's been done before. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Obviously, you have to give them a credit. A lot of chefs, that they, they, they're doing a beautiful recipe in a modern way mm. and they change the element of the old recipe mm. but they pick up some element of there and they assemble in their way, whatever they think. But it's you don't creating mm. a recipe. Yeah. Even my truffle eggs pasta. Your signature dish? Yes, my truffle eggs pasta come from the idea of one dish in Rome, who is an Alfredo restaurant in Rome, who serve actually that pasta at the table with the fork and spoon gold, mm. the madrotine only, yeah. serve that, <laughs> and he mix the butter and the cream and the parmesan in front yeah. of the customer. Wow. So what I pick up myself, I really pick up the essence of that. Yeah. And I have, I have the pleasure to have those truffle eggs from Italy, from Modena, who arrive in Australia, and nobody want to touch in Melbourne. And I remember... The guy who imports those eggs in Melbourne ring me and said, no chefs here in this country won't touch, in, in Melbourne won't touch those eggs. I thought you can do something. <laughs> and uh, to be honest with you, I was a bit put up about that because that was the time when uh, everything was with the truffle, even the cheese was with truffle. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and the liqueur was with the trouble. Uh, everything and was. I said, come on, give me a break, please. You yeah. guys now in Italy cashing everything on truffle and it's all uh, not right. We, when I was young, it was just truffle and nothing else. Anyway, I said, please, can you try those eggs? So he sent me the eggs up. I tried the eggs with asparagus and parmesan and butter because that's what you will do it. And I have an habit when I do a new recipe, I always let my staff try first. Mm. If they're happy, and my wife, because she's the first <laughs> one critical about me. If they're happy, I think it's the customer happy. If they tell me no, I take the dishes away. I'm not stubborn. Mm. So I did that asparagus. I just said, what do you think, guys? Mm. My wife said, no, okay. I said, give me another few days. So that's what become the idea of the butter, cream, and parmesan cheese. I did that dish, and my wife, the first one, said, you have to do that dish straight away. I said, yeah, let me get to the... Because in that time, we were getting from Melbourne. The I said, let me get to the from Melbourne. So that's how I started. Wow. And then you haven't been able to take that dish off the menu. And take over. And I can't take them away. And if you, for the listeners out there, if you haven't been to Vaughan Reporter in Paddington and you haven't had the truffle pasta, well, it's you add it to your bucket list. It's something that you <laughs> need to do. And although Armando has um, retired, he's 2IC, um, David Wright, who has been with you for how many years? 20? Well, he's not. he's been with me since he was 17. Yeah. Wow. He was actually 
up on the Central Coast. He was a, an apprentice with the TEF, and the TEF up on the Central Coast ran a, a, a bit of a, for a good, uh, a good student mm. who will have a stint, a yep. body card for one week. Wow. So they, they ring me and they said, we sent you that guy. I said, yes, you're welcome. <laughs> he worked for me for one week and I saw, I saw Sadway's his attitude was different than anybody else. And uh, I said to him, I said, would you like to have a job? He said, mm, I have to ask mom and dad the permission to, <laughs> to see me. <laughs> and the I said, city. all right, what do you do? Go to mom and dad, ask, and then let me know. So a few days later, he said to me, oh, mom and dad thinks this is a very good opportunity. I'm coming to see you. <laughs> okay. So many years later, I have a girls in the kitchen. That's a funny story. I have a girls in the kitchen. <laughs> also, she come to me when she was 18. And uh, many years later, I can see was something going on between the two of them. And about four years ago, yeah, four years ago, no, three, three and a half years ago, both they said to me, Chef, can, uh, can, can we go up on the office and talk to you? And I said, mm, maybe they're fighting or they want to go or something happens. So I sit in the office with them and I said, yes, and? They said, well, we have to tell you, Rosa, she's pregnant. Oh. I said, how gorgeous that. That's wonderful. So, <laughs> so now they have two children, yeah. and the children call me a nonno, <laughs> and uh, I bless them. I mean, that's so beautiful, and that's that's the idea of David to take over. And he's not uh, taking that's amazing. Yeah, but he's not taking the truffle egg pasta no off way. the menu. No, no way. way, because there are way too many loyalists. But um, yeah, look, thank you so much for coming. And that's amazing. Thank this. you. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Wasn't it? Great. Yeah. Just something yeah. <laughs> something different to um yeah, it's definitely yeah. certainly a different story that I'm used to hearing in the food space and yeah. something different for the podcast. So and thank you guys for listening out there. Let us know what you thought of um of today's episode or any other episode that you've listened to. Uh if you have listened to um a number of our episodes, maybe you want to refer one to a friend, go through, have a look at all the differences, anything to suit any different genre and what they might be interested in and um send it on to a friend. But that's it from us. Uh, you can hit up Jai, he's at Double Star Co. And I'm at Ms. Darlinghurst. We'll be back next week with another episode of Maker and Creator. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah.